Amen. My, my, my. These song leaves wait for the end to get all charged up. They don't even give us a head start. They sing all them slow songs in the beginning and go boom. <laughs> but God is a good God. And he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be magnified. He's worthy to be glorified because he is God almighty. You know, I'm going to thank Brother David for those powerful songs that he sung to the glory and the praising of God. A lot of my favorite ones he threw out there this morning. I thank God for that. You know, when, when I think about what God means to us, his children, when I think about how we need him to never leave us, to never forsake us, to always be right there when the going gets rough and the going gets tough. We need God to be right there. Want to just uh, remind you and please be reminded of several things that are taking place. And first of all, pray for those who are still on vacation, all the people getting their last vacations in. Uh, Coopers and Bookers and McNeils, all the group gone out there to get it in. Because they know that this is the, this the 19th. And it's almost time for the kids to go back to school and for us to have that last Labor Day picnic. But we want you to first have, before you have your picnic, we want you to have a picnic with us. Here on this coming Saturday, we want you to be here at the building uh, for our picnic that we are having as a congregation. And when you come, we want you to come ready to have a good fellowship time with one another. So when you come, uh, we're going to take care of the food and all that other stuff. But if you want to come in, if you want to bring your favorite dessert, be our guest. Bring it and let us taste and see what you can do in, uh, with, with, with some flour and some water. Also, also, I want to let you know that if you come and if you want to bring your favorite board games, Bring them, bring them, bring them so we can come. We have a good time fellowshipping and a good time being with one another, uh, just doing what we do best, and that is loving on each other. That's all right? Amen. So don't forget, that's this coming Saturday coming up. Um, I believe the time is going to be from, is it 10 to 4? What, who, who, who knows? 1 to 5. 1 to 5. I mean, you can sleep in late. Get your sleep in. You can get up and get on out here to the building. And we can have a good time one with another. One to five next Saturday. Please, we want everybody to show up. Everybody. It's, it's only good when everybody show up. When 10 people show up, I, if, I, if I'm here, I'm going to make it good anyway. But we want everybody to be here. We want you to be here fellowshipping one with another. And thank God for the fellowship committee that is putting this together for us. Also, don't forget. Um, um, after this is before your Labor Day picnic, then you got your own private picnic you're going to do. But then after that, in September, we're going to have the Mid-Atlantic Unity Picnic. And that's going to be where it always is, over in uh, D.C. at the Riverside Park in Washington, D.C. You can just come. It's going to be uh, on uh, September the 22nd. 2018, September 22nd, 2018, 55 Hague Drive, uh, Riverdale Park, Maryland. We can email you an email out so you can have this information. Now, we've already sent our check over there. 
So they're ready for us and all the other congregations. They got like 20 congregations that's going to be coming together and everybody sent their seed money and everybody getting ready to have a good time fellowship one with another. So you, East Baltimore Church of Christ, are invited. We've already done our part. So let's go over there. Let's make a difference on September 22nd, uh, 2018. Want you to be there. And then the serve, the unity service will be at 3 o'clock at the Beltway Church of Christ in uh, Park Camp, Mer uh, uh, Camp Springs, Maryland. So all weekend long, we're having a, a, a family reunion with the churches and all, all over the place over there. Going to have a good crowd, good turnout, good food, good fun, good fellowship. And their, uh, the, their theme is walking in the same spirit and walking in the same steps. Amen. That's the theme that they're using. Amen. Amen. So y'all got some picnic in the dew over the next month here and the fellowshipping one with another. Also, please don't forget that we're also going to um, make sure that, uh, uh, please keep Sister Bethea in prayer before I forget. Um, uh, uh, we lost, she lost her cousin, and the family is gathering together, gathering together um, 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 and down in the Glen Burnie area. They're gathering together. So please pray for uh, the Bethea family, um, um, and um, um, also, uh, um, Pray for us that God will just bless us and God will just be with us as we come together uh, to support our family members. Also, Brother Martin, too, uh, is a part of our family as well. Uh, that is um, Sister uh, Hazel's um, son-in-law. He is a part of our family as well. Um, so let's pray for the whole families. Amen? Amen. Uh, as we do that. And, and yes, it was a senseless death and a senseless life taken by a very young person. So pray for our, 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 our 20 something group that they would um, um, get it together and realize uh, us killing us is genocide. Um, also, we want to make, we make sure we remember the Terrell family as we're going to do after this. Remember the fire they had last week? And we said we're going to come together and take up a nice love offering for them to let them know we're with them through this. We realize that anything can strike any of us at any time. And it feels so good to know that other folk feel your pain and your hurt and care about you when you're going through stuff like this. Amen? Can you imagine having that happen to you? Then you're displaced. And now you got to get ready for school and all this other stuff. And it's just, it's, 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 it's just, it can be, without Jesus, it can be a nightmare. But with Jesus, it's an opportunity. Amen? Amen. That's just how, that's, that's, that's it. And that's it. And that's it. God, God got this. I believe he got this. I know he got this. They've been in church all their life. They know he got this. We know he got this. Amen? Can I get an amen? That's right. That's right. Um, you know, when you uh, today, the lesson I want to go into um, at this particular time is I want us to know that we serve a God and our God um, has been dealing with mankind all through the ages from the time of Adam all the way to the time of today. God's been in the dealing with man business. And he's dealing with mankind not to get them settled down here. But, he, but he's dealing with us to get us ready to go to our real home in the real city where there's no death. There's no sorrow. There's no pain. Now, I know we get used to down here and start worrying about, oh, I'm getting older and I'm the unknown what's going to happen. But God said it's going to be all right. 
God said, after this life is over, I'm going to, it's going to be so good, you're going to be shocked. In fact, in fact, when I read my Bible, the Bible said in Romans 8, 18, I reckon that the suffering of this pleasant time is not worthy to be compared. To the, you ain't going to miss it down here. Some of y'all worry about when I leave here, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? God going to take all the, the, the dead know nothing at all. God going to take everything about this life is gone. You ain't going to be down there in the grave thinking about nobody up here. Everybody up here is up here. That's why I said give them, give them their roses while they're living. Give them their, you want to tell somebody you love them, tell them why they're living. Because when you leave this life, you leave everything behind. There's no marriages in heaven. There ain't no having babies in heaven. That stuff down here. Is that all right? When you go to glory, that's why when you go to glory, and when you go to glory, God got it set up for you, and he got it ready for you to be able to have a celebration with him, a celebration of victory with him in glory. And as man went through what they had to go through, I want to talk about two men from two different dispensations who went through the same thing that we all have to go through, which is the, the, the life is like a roller coaster. It's just a big roller coaster. And as you know, on every roller coaster, usually, not all of them, so some of them just take off, shoom, shoom, boom, 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 boom. but some of them take you up. Anticipation. And then some of them might drop you down, but then some of them got to take you around a little bit. Kind of getting you, getting you pumped up. And then once it takes you around, then it drops you down. And that's when you get your scream on. Ah, Lord, keep this thing on the track. Ah. And then it might come around. And some might come around and mellow out, but some of them might come around and turn around again. It depends on which roller coaster of life you on. Everybody on their own roller coaster. But make no difference about it's a roller coaster gonna have the ups, it's gonna have the downs. Some of you on a super duper looper, it's gonna loop, 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 loop. Some of y'all on the on, on, on the Superman and you fly through the air. Some of y'all, some of y'all on the, 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 the big park where, where where the roller coaster, where they the the, the, the poltergeist. That's down in Bush Gardens. Man, you want that thing, that thing that take you. Some of you like that. But it's a roller coaster ride. And we have several of the patriarchs and the prophets and the apostles, all of them had their roller coaster ride. Whether it was uh, the one who, had, who I think had a, 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 a crazy roller, Jeremiah. Jeremiah had a, had a hard roller coaster, but it led to victory. But a roller coaster that took him everywhere. And then you have individuals like, like, like Noah had his roller coaster. And it, God had to kill a whole world and take them to him and his family, save them, then start them a new life all over again. And they trying to save their family member. He had his role. Everybody got a roller coaster. So don't think that because you, don't think you got a private roller coaster and nobody else ain't got none. We all got roller coaster rides in this life. So what I'm trying to say is, that's why don't worry about the roller coaster ride. You got a roller coaster ride. You just want to make sure that Jesus is in the front seat. And he the one that's guiding that roller coaster. 
because it can be rough without Jesus to navigate it. First Corinthians 10, 13, Jesus said, no temptation has overtaken man, but, but, but such as common unto man. That means everybody go. Everybody got that thing that they got to go, that temptation, that trial, that tribulation. That's why, that's, that's why if you got to get on a roller coaster ride, you ain't got a choice on getting on a roller coaster ride. You got to get on a roller coaster ride of life. Just hold on. And know that God got this. And that it's going to be all right. Some of these men in the Bible understood that. The two men I want to pull out of history who went on their roller coaster rides were the prophet King David and the apostle Paul. Let's look at their roller coaster ride. Because in all of our lives, you got to go through some stuff. But one thing these men did that I thank God that they did was they left us a record of what they went through and how they went through what they went through. And they told us and they helping us to understand, trust God, trust God. Trust God. Trust God. That's all both of my saying is in life of your roller coaster, you just trust God. So King David and Psalms 34 that we are reading right now, this psalm is based upon what he went through in his life in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 10, chapter 21, verse 10. And what he went through at that particular time, that's what you have that in your notes. So when you get a chance, you're going to see what happened. I'm just going to tell you, paraphrase it, that King David found himself running from Saul. Saul is trying to kill him. David is on a wild roller coaster ride trying to save his life from Saul. Realizing and understanding in the back of his mind that God's going to do whatever God's going to do. And if it's God's will and he believes it is to protect him, he believes God is going to protect him even though he don't like the roller coaster ride. He don't like running from Saul, but that has been his lot that was dealt him. That was part of God processing him to do something great in his life later on, like being a king. Some stuff you got to go through in your life on this side to get you ready for your assignment on this side. Some of us won't be able to handle later on until we go through some of this stuff on this side. So David goes and what he does is, and running from Saul, he runs and he gets the, the, the showbread in the beginning of chapter number 21. And he, he, he uh, talks to Abimelech about the, getting the showbread. And what wind up happening is he were in such a desperate situation from Saul that he found himself over in the enemy's camp. But being over in the enemy's camp, he comes to the enemy camp given a posture as if Israel is bad and I'm with y'all. <laughs> he don't want to do it, but he don't know what else to do. So once he get over there and realize how God worked this out, which is, they say, aren't you, David, that the, the, the lady sung the song, uh, uh, Saul has killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands, aren't you that, David? And David said, yeah. And they said, oh, yeah. And David said, 
Lord, I do not want to fight my people, Israel. I do not want to be over here in the enemy's camp fighting against the people of God. What in the world do I do? So, I don't know where the idea came from, but it was a good one. David feigned or faked madness. He act like something snapped. And, and who got that text? Let me get that text for me. What did it say? First Samuel 21 10. First Samuel 21 10. I know I told y'all don't go there, but I changed my mind. We're going there. First Samuel. First, uh, 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 y'all, y'all, y'all gotta see it. Y'all gotta see it. First Samuel 21. And first Samuel 21, and the verse I want is verse number 10. It says here that David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, that's Abimelech, the king of Gath, and the servant of, of Achish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did, did they not sing one another of him and dancing, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousand, verse 12, and David laid up these words in his heart and was sore afraid of Abimelech, the king of Gath, and he changed his behavior before them. And what did he do? Feigned himself mad in their hands and scrabbled on the floor of the gate and let the spit fall from his beard. He got a lot of saliva juices, that white stuff going on. The spit fade out there. And said unto, uh, and then said the kiddish unto his servants, Lo, you see this, this man is mad. Wherefore then have ye brought him to me? Why'd you bring him up? This ain't something wrong with this man. Something wrong with him. Because David was in his mind saying, I'm standing on the Lord's, the Lord's side no matter what I got to do. Some of us got to have that same mindset that I'm staying with God no matter what I got to do. If mama is an atheist and say you can't stay here except you reject God, you got to have enough faith in you to say, I'm not, mama, I, lo- I love you, but I am not going to blaspheme God. Right. That got to be in you because some roller coaster ride leads you to some crazy places in your life. Some places you thought you'd never be, but you wind up there, but you still got to have God on your side. David's situation was, he's over here with these people. He said, I'm not fighting my people. And, he, and his way out of it was, he started changing his behavior to make them think he was crazy so they won't take him with him. After that episode, and after David reflected on that part of his life, he penned Psalm 34. And in Psalm 34, this great man, David, who found himself in some dangerous life-altering situations, but had total faith in God, penned this. The Bible said in verse 1, as he's thinking back on how God got him out of that situation, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. No matter what he said. Mm -hmm. He said here, no matter what the situation, what the circumstances, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. That means in everything. We got to learn to bless God when things go on. When you got money in the bank, thank him. When you ain't got none, still thank him. 
We got to learn to give God his glory because he's the one who builds up and tears down. He's God. David, King David, think about this. He just got to say, I'm going to bless the Lord. At all times, uh, he said here, his praise shall sometimes, most of the, continually be in my mouth. Meaning I'm not going to speak a bad thing about God. I don't care what happened. I'm not talking about God. I ain't saying nothing bad about God. People who are in church and, and break and start saying bad stuff about God, the Bible says a fool is set in his heart. That there is no God. Something, something wrong with that. You shouldn't be able to come to church and sacrifice your life and then get so mad at God for some earthly reason because of cancer, AIDS, and lost a child, and lost a home, and lost a family. That you should have enough faith in God to know the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Bless it. Be the name of the Lord. You ain't ready for the devil until you get there. I know some of you might say, well, I ain't dead yet. Then you ain't ready for the devil. You ain't ready for life. You ain't ready for your, you ain't ready for your roller coaster. You ain't ready for the super duper looper. You ain't ready for the, uh, uh, the, the poltergeist. You ain't ready for the Superman or the Batman of life. David said, I'm going to bless the Lord. At all time, it praises so continually be in my, my mouth. Guess what? He also says here in verse 2, my soul shall make her boast. That means that my, when he said uh, uh, my, 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 my mouth shall make her boast, my soul shall make her boast, and he means my lifestyle. My life. When you see my life, you're going to see I trust God. No Christian should have a life when people don't look at you and can't tell where you belong. You can't have a lifestyle when people look at you and you're like, oh, listen, people spend some time with you and can't tell who you are. I was in Sears last night buying a mattress. I done been mattress factory, mattress warehouse everywhere. So the thing got to have it real firm. It's like a rock. And I went in there talking to the lady. I went at 1 o'clock and I came back at 8 o'clock. Because I saw what I wanted, but I had to get the approval from Sister Bethea. Because I can sleep on anything. You lay it down, I sleep on it. But she can't. So she had to see it. The store lady, when she was with her about 20 minutes, she said, hold it. Are you a minister? I wish Sabathia was here because she bust out laughing. She said, you get that everywhere. And that is only because you ain't going to hear me cussing. You ain't going to hear me. Y'all know it take a lot to rattle me up. You can say some bad thing, but I'll smile at you. I'll show you love. You know, it just, just takes a lot. It takes a lot. And and, 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 and every now and then you got to say a word for the Lord. Amen. You see the match and you say, amen. <laughs> they hear amen, they say, oh, something right there. See, some of you miss your opportunity to let your soul boast in the Lord when people say to you, God bless you, you don't even say nothing. Oh, say something back. 
When they say, God bless you, you say, well, I want, I want you to be blessed. That's right. That's right. You ain't saying you are blessed. Yeah. Right. You're just saying, go be blessed. Right. Take out your eyeball. If somebody say something about Jesus, say something about Jesus back. Don't act like you scared. Right. They say, Jesus is good, isn't he? Say, yes, he is. Say, you don't know how good. He is real good. Right. Some of y'all are so dignified. You got your, got your clothes on. Pray, praise the Lord. He is wonderful. No. Boast. David said, my soul will boast. David said, you don't know where I come from. I came from a situation. I had to think like a madman to get out of that situation. And God help me. I'm going, my soul going to boast in the Lord. What else David said? The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. That means the humble going to hear my testimony and they're going to get excited. Anybody hear God brought you through something that's so big, so powerful, so wonderful, that when you tell folk, it's like, ah. Anybody got a story like that in their life? Anybody got an experience like that? Have God ever did something for you? Don't be afraid to tell folk. Don't keep it together. David said he's going to tell everybody. He said when the humble hear it, they're going to be glad. They ain't experienced it, but I'm going to build God up. Verse 3. David said, and you can tell he's getting excited here. Because he started out with the old. You're not like, oh boy. Oh shucks, you know. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Are y'all reading this? Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. To magnify means to make big. To make big, to build up. Is your God worthy to be made big? Is he worthy to be bigged up? Is he worthy to be bragged about? Is he worthy to be talked about and lifted up? How, how worthy is he in your life? David got so excited thinking, reflecting on that situation. He just, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let's exalt his name together. And why did he say together? He said, because I know I ain't the only one he did something for. I know, and it's audience right now, I know I'm not the only one that God rescued in bad situations. I know you got your story, but you got to be bold enough to tell your story and tell it like you mean it. And it's so funny, if something bad happened to you, tell everybody. Yeah, I was in a car accident last week. I was in a car right there in Lock Raven. You should have seen the car. I almost died. Spent around two times. I'm lucky to be alive. <laughs> no, no. When it, you tell old stories. But tell the story of how the car should have flipped over. But there was a God who saw that I was in help. I was in need of help and rescued me. I should have been all of us in here. There are over 10,000 laws on the books of this country, and all of us are here to broke something. Half of, uh, half of us should be in jail right now. 
but God allowed you to get away with it. Nobody found out about it. Oh, y'all don't hear me. But God, God said that's not going to be your lot in life. Some of you, some of you, if, if the government could read your thoughts, some of y'all be in jail right now. Husband made you mad. They had that fur and faucet movie on you, the burning bed. Your mind start going crazy. I burn them up. I, I ain't got to take that. I burn them up. I, but God. But God. It's a seed in that thinking. It reminds you of who you are. I know it get bad sometimes. I know life get bad sometimes. But magnify God anyhow. David's still excited in verse number four. And in verse number four, what David said here, I sought the Lord and he heard me. Listen, we profit from faithfully seeking the Lord and speaking what it means to be delivered. David is saying, I was in a hard place. And I talked to God. I, 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 I sought the Lord. And the Lord heard me he let this faking crazy work oh y'all don't hear me because y'all think y'all must think it's easy to fake crazy listen there's some crazy folk out there you don't even know they're crazy yet i'm just letting you know you got to get into character some of you couldn't fake crazy because you can't let them spit come out your mouth like that you say i can't do that part some of you ain't going to scrabble around the floor like David did. Right. And the Bible, did the Bible say he did that? Yeah. Scrabble around the gate, by the gate, scrabble on the floor. I can say, I can see him. He in trouble. He got to do something. David said, I'm going all in this. And God made it look believable. And made the king say, oh, I y'all bring this madman to me. I bet when David heard that, he was like, yeah, man. He said, God heard me. God heard me. And let me say this too. The one job of the us as Christians, while we're going through our roller coaster ride, don't forget you have one job, and that's saving souls and keeping souls saved. If you ain't bringing in wheat to the barn, to God's vineyard, if you just living life for you and you ain't thinking about the soul next to you or in front of you or behind you or beside you, then you're not doing your job. David speaks about his deliverance and how God delivered him. Verse 5, they looked on him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. Listen, I'm letting you know that if people would turn to the Lord for help in times of trouble and fear, they would find consolation. That's that enlightenment. That's that peace. Of I'm, so, the, 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 I'm so glad if, if the Terrells didn't tell you what they've been through, you wouldn't even know it. He's still walking around shaking hands, talking, hi, everybody, Ben. She's still hugging on people. 
hugging on folks, holding back the tears, but hugging on people. Why? Because they've been in this thing too long. They've been with God too long to let something like a bad experience steal their joy, steal their faith. Still their hope. Church, it should, there should be no situation out. I know you go to the doctor and the doctor say you got cancer. Don't run away from God. That's when you need him the most. Don't get mad at him. In fact, butter him up now. Oh, Lord, this is what now, Lord. I need you, Lord. David said he'll bring you consolation. He said in verse 6, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his trouble. This is a general statement. He don't mean he was a poor man. He means that all of us are in a poor situation. And being in a state means that uh, uh, we need to know how to seek God for deliverance. He said, this poor man cried. All of us got a poor man's story. Okay. Everybody in here been on a roller coaster and it went down and you ain't had nothing to hold on to. Right. Right. Everybody in here seen a, a part of the roller coaster coming yeah. that you didn't see before you got on that ride. And when you saw it, you wish you was a stop button on this car to let me off right here. But like life, it's too late. And all you can do is look and say, Lord, help me. Amen. And as the roller coaster is going that way, all of a sudden start going up. You just start looking around. You just start looking around like, oh, Lord, here we go. 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 And then you get up there, and you look, and you can see the whole park. And you say to yourself, oh, I ain't in an airplane. This is like a, I've seen airplanes fly this low. But you're going to hold on. And you're going to fly through whatever God's take you through, knowing that the man in the front car is a deliverer. He's faithful. He's going to protect you no matter what happens in your life. And that's why I can't understand why people can't walk around with their head up when they got a guard like that. I can't understand that head being down. I don't get that. Why your head down? I mean, I mean, and all of you keep your head down a lot. Do that work? I'm trying. It must be something to it. I've tried that. I've tried it. I said, well, everybody else doing. Let me do it. Only thing it did was gave me a neck ache. I just, that's, that's it. I'd rather keep my head up and trust God. I'd rather walk with my chest out and trust God. I'd rather know that he's a deliverer because I got a testimony. I didn't tell y'all. I didn't even tell y'all the title of my sermon this morning. Can I get a witness? Yes, yes. All of us got a story. All of us got something to say. All of us been through some stuff. And all of us, and if you're living, you'll go through some more stuff. But God, that's all David's doing is giving us a witness. Of his experience and how it made him feel about his God. Look here at verse number seven. Verse seven said, the angel of the Lord encamped ab about them that fear him and delivereth them. Listen, God is well known for accomplishing his will through divine messengers. Read your Bible. 
Somebody talking about, so do you believe in angels? Yes, yes, and double yes. But how can you believe in angels? Because the Bible tells me so. And the Bible said, David said, God would dispatch help. Oh, my goodness. God will dispatch help. That you may not can see when stuff start happening around you and you don't know how it's happening. That might be some help has been dispatched from glory to protect you and stand by you. Don't discount it. Hold on to it. David said he dispatched an angel to camp about me. That means to protect me. Not on the front, not on the back, not everywhere around. He's that kind of God when you're in a time when you need help. They tried to kill Jesus. He's standing before Pilate. They thinking he, he weak. He, he with, he's with his disciples and talking to them, and they see stuff happening. And they think Jesus is weak. Jesus said, don't you know I could call a little... I can call and bring 12,000 down here right now. And I could tell them to destroy this world and set me free. And they would do just that. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying God is not weak. God is powerful. And... God can dispatch an angel to help you in your situations. Just because you ain't see him don't mean they're there. I ain't seen God, but I know he's there. You got cherubims and seraphims and all kinds of angels. Don't mess with them now. Then David said here in verse number eight, he said here, for those of you who doubt this situation, he said, try God. He's going in try, but the verb that he used, what was it, Claiborne? What did he say? Oh, oh taste. Taste. And see. And see. Oh, my goodness. Say, just, he said, just try him. David said, just try him. Just test him. Just test you. Have you tried everything else and nothing else worked? Try God. If you're still, I'm testing, I'm trying Buddha, I'm trying Muhammad, I'm trying Rastafarian, I'm trying all that other stuff. You're trying the wrong stuff. There's no right now there that said, taste them and see, they're good. But David said, the king, he said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusts in him. That trusts me, keep on trusting. Keep on holding on. Keep on trying him. God is a good God. Can I get a witness? Taste him. It's taste him. Try him. Taste and see. Now let's go to the New Testament. There's another man who felt like David felt. And that was the Apostle Paul. And when you look here in Philippians... Chapter number one, Paul's on his roller coaster. And Paul's roller coaster is prison. He's locked up for the cause of Christ. But when you read this letter, 
unless you knew where he was, you wouldn't know where he was. Because his letter is a letter of encouragement. When you look here at the Apostle Paul, one thing I want you to know about the Apostle Paul is that the Apostle Paul has within his arsenal the ability to look past his circumstances for the cause of Christ. So here's what the Apostle Paul said. First of all, in Philippians 4 and 4, while he's in jail, he says, rejoice. Y'all see that? Rejoice. Where? In the Lord. How long? Always. And again, what? Rejoice. How can a man in jail be talking about rejoicing when he locked up behind bars? It is because he is not a prisoner of his circumstance. He sees himself on a mission to serve God. If God put you through life and give you some type of testimony by which you can help somebody else, then maybe you got that thing to help somebody else. If you got high blood pressure, maybe you got it to help somebody else who bought to get high blood pressure to let them know, don't get it. If you got diabetes, maybe you got diabetes to tell somebody else about diabetes who don't understand diabetes so you can warn them about diabetes. If you got cancer, maybe you got it to tell somebody else about cancer to help them not to get the cancer. If you've been homeless, maybe you've been homeless to help somebody else who's about to be homeless to let them know they can survive homelessness. It's just a testimony. It's just your story. And your life and your roller coaster is your story to help somebody else who's similarly going to go through the same thing you went through. And I thank God for that. Then I got brothers and sisters who can tell me some stuff. I ain't never been 80 years old, but I got 80-year-old brothers and sisters around me that can tell me about it. Brother Luke is not 80 years old, but he up there, he be bragging about his stuff. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm good. I'm wonderful. How many other people do you know in their mid-70 buying houses like me? That's what I'm talking about right now. Tell me your story. That's what I want to do. I want to be able to walk around. How many people do you know is still on the Lord's side and going through storms and going through pains and going through trials but holding on like I am? Oh, hallelujah. Look at the Paul. Look at Paul's testimony. I'm almost, I'm almost done. Watch this. Paul then says here, if you look here, verse 3, he ain't even thinking about himself. Philippians 1 and 3 said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He said, I'm thinking about you. He said, I want you and Philippi not to worry about me. I'm all right what he's saying here. Look here, verse number 4. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with what? How are you making requests with joy in prison? It's when you are not letting the prison hold you. But you in control of the circumstances. Lord, help them understand. Lord, help them understand. Watch this. Four, five. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse six. Being confident of this very thing. 
that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, meaning God got your back and I'm confident you're going to be all right. Somebody going through a storm, they're telling you about your storm, tell them, I know God. If you're a child of God, you're going to be all right. I understand that it's tough. I understand that it's rough. But you just hold on. I'm confident anybody who got God on their side, no matter what their earthly circumstances, they're going to be all right. No matter what their trouble is, going to be all right. No matter what they go through, going to be all right. Because they got God on their side. This world minus Jesus is nothing. But Jesus is everything. Watch the text. Then Paul said, I ain't write this for y'all came. It's been in the book thousands of years. Watch the text. Even as, verse 7, it is meet for me to thank this of you because I have you in my heart. And so in as much as both my bonds and the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. What are you saying? He said, I'm in here for the gospel. We got to be willing to go through some stuff for the gospel. We got to be willing to sacrifice for the gospel. We got to be willing to knock on doors for the gospel, talk to people for the gospel, help our neighbors for the gospel, do anything for the gospel, boast about God for the gospel. Paul in prison boasting for the gospel. Paul had four points that he wanted us to know. First of all, when he wrote, when he wrote, wrote in Romans 8, 28, what did he say? All things. For we know, he said, for we know. For we know. All things. All the, stop calling your situation bad and call it part of God's plan. All things work together for good. To those who love God and are the called according to his purpose, whatever the bad stuff is, God can work it for good. I don't know what God's going to do. God, 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 uh, Terrell's went through what they went through because God might be about to give them a bonus. He's a bonus-giving God. And if you don't believe me, I know it for myself. He didn't give me much stuff I ain't deserve. So we have to understand this. We have to understand that rejoice is a result of Christian joy, that's Philippians 4 and 4, that comes from the heart regardless of your circumstances. Number two, Paul's future was uncertain. However, he had a lot to be glad about and optimistic about and rejoice about because he had God on his side. Your future may be uncertain, but an uncertain certain future with God gives you everything. You got everything when you got God on your side. When you got Jesus, you got everything. If you ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing. I don't care if you drove in a Lexus. I don't care if you live on Pleasant Hill. I don't care how much money you got in the bank. I don't care how good your health is. You are miserable, poor, and blind. And it's in the book. I just saw some people look at me and say, where's that in the book? I'm glad you asked. Revelations, let's go see it. I'm almost gone. The Bible says right here in Regular Revelations, in verse number one, two, three. I know your works. Revelation chapter three, verse 15. 
I know that words that thou art neither cold nor hot. That means you're halfway in. I would that you were cold or hot. Be all way in. Or don't be in. Then he says here, uh, and, uh, but you're neither. He said, so then because you are neither, uh, verse 16, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Anybody trying to get some nice cold water and you get in this warm? It's just lucky. God said when you halfway in, he said you taste like yuck. The next verse, he's not going to spew you out of my mouth. And then he said, because you say, you say I'm rich and I increase in goods and I have need of nothing. He said, and you don't know, knowest not that thou art, this in God's sight, wretched. What else? Miserable. What else? Poor. What else? Blind. What else? Naked. God want to make it clear you ain't got nothing. But with God, on your side, on my side, we got everything. Paul wanted to see it back in Philippians 4, and I close out. Back in Philippians 4, Paul wanted to know this. He tried to help us understand, first of all, that he rejoiced because the saints in Philippi were focused on the cause of Christ. You just saw that in verses, chapter 1, verse 3 through 7. Then we have to understand that Paul was rejoicing because he was in prison for the gospel, and the gospel was still spreading. Oh, boy, that's oh. I want I, look. I underscored that. That that's supposed to be that, that supposed to be big. What do you want your legacy to be when you leave this life? Don't you want to leave this life knowing that the church you worshipped in, that you left it in better shape than it was before you came? Oh my goodness gracious! Don't you want to be remembered? Not by man, but by God. That I fought a good fight. That I finished my course, my assignment. And then and, and, and I kept the faith. Henceforth that they are crown of righteousness laid up for me and not to me alone. But all those who did the same thing, who loved his appearance. Oh, he, I left. Oh, Paul said, I'm rejoicing, Philippians, because I left a strong Roman colony, a strong church back. So even if they decide to kill me right now, the gospel eagle will still fly throughout the Roman Empire. Amen. That's it. That's it. I got four, five, and six, but that's enough. Church. Church, Josh told me to put a calm on it. I think about it. But listen, has God been good to you? Can I get a witness? Is God, when you really think over your life, is God the best thing that ever happened to you? Can I get a witness? Best thing that ever happened. Does it make it easier 
going through your storms in the future, knowing that Jesus said, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Is that good? Can I get a, a witness? Can I get a witness? That is good. And doesn't it feel good to know that you are living a purposeful life? That your walk and your participation in the body of Christ will have repercussions on your children and on your grandchildren and on your great-grandchildren. That when they get in times of trouble, they can look back at great-great-grandmama's faith and say, if she did it in her situation, I can do it in my situation. If grandma did it in her situation, I can do it in my situation. If mama did it in her situation, I can do it in my situation. If daddy stood strong like a man, I can stand strong like a man. If great-granddaddy stood strong like a man, I'm going to stay strong like a man. If daddy gave all, I'm going to give all. Church, go out and leave this building and be a witness. Be a witness. Don't be scared because the Jehovah Witnesses say they witnesses. No, I'm, we real witnesses. Be a real witness. And don't you shy back from telling nobody about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know what your plans were Saturday. But God wants the family here. Amen. Brother Frazier and his staff went through a lot to get things ready here. Postpone. Look, ladies, you look good. You can get your nails done two Saturdays from now. Be here. Tell the beautician two Saturdays from now. Be here. Brothers, you can go work out two weeks from now. Be here. I know you got, I know you want to watch the car, guys. I know you want to get some stuff done. I know you got plans. Put it on the side. Get it done early Saturday morning. So you can be here at 1 o'clock. And let us let this neighborhood know that we are alive and well, serving our God and his son, Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Ghost ready to do a work in the name of God and boast and magnify and glorify his name in this community. Amen? Amen. Amen. So looking forward to seeing you then. Now, if you are here today and you want to know how can I get to begin to write my testimony, to write my witness for God, first thing God wants you to do is to get on the gospel train. He wants you to get in the body of Christ. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The Bible said, hear God's word, believe God's word, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, and then get yourself baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. And then rise up to walk in the newness of life and tell everybody what God has done for you. So if you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, even if you're going through a storm in your life, you can write it down and tell us to pray for you. And don't you know the Bible said that the fervent, effectual prayer of the righteous man availeth much? Somebody can get a prayer through for you. So if you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, you know how to get it. Won't you do it as we come and stand and sing the hymn of, hymn of invitation. Give somebody out there the opportunity to obey God. Stand up. Stand up now. Stand up.
Stand up now. While will you linger? Won't you come? The fold of God. Won't you come? Hear you now. The invitation. Oh, prepare to meet thy God. God is good, church. When you leave here today and for the rest of your life, make it your intention to share your faith with somebody and bring them to worship with you or Bible class with you. Why is that? Because that is sharing and magnifying and boasting of God is the way that people get interest in what's going on with you. I was in the 7-Eleven with Sister Naomi and, and, and Sister Nations this morning, and I went in there, and they was in there, and I started hugging and kissing. This guy who was in front of them chased me around the store for a hug. <laughs> At first, I, I saw him coming to me like this. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, hey, whoa, whoa, hey. He said, he said, I don't know. I don't know what you got, but I want some of it. Come here, come here. Yeah, come here, come here. Don't tell me boasting of the Lord and magnifying the Lord don't work. Don't tell me that smiling is loving on folk in public don't work. Don't tell me that looking like you are successful in Christ and happy in Christ and got joy in Christ and got hope in Christ don't work. Don't tell me it don't work. It does work. And I'm tired of folk who ain't got nothing praising God more than we do. Sing a sing. Where he at? Sing a sing, bro. Can I get a witness? God bless you.